2: Sandro Perry is a wonderful musician, producer, songwriter, and singer based in Toronto. From his work under the moniker Palmo Polpo and the adventurous aspects of his group Offworld, who were previously featured on this show, Perry continues to work in music like some kind of explorer, crossing genres to conjure his own unique sound. His latest album under his own name for Constellation Records is called In Another Life and features some astounding musicianship and vocal and lyrical contributions from Dan Behar of Destroyer and André Ettier. Ahead of the release of In Another Life, Sandra and I discussed his new studio space, the city of Paris, his aforementioned collaborators, his interest in whimsical lyrics, meditative music, and hip-hop, and much, much more. With in kind support from Pizza Trocadero, the bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, and of course, listeners like you who make flexible monthly pledges at patreon.com/slash creative control and subscribe to this podcast. This is the 426th episode of Creative Control featuring Sandro Perry with your host, me, Vish Khanna. Hi, Sandro.
1: How are you? Hi, Vish. I'm doing okay. How are you doing today? Not, not bad.
2: Well, not bad. It's it's nice yeah. to speak with you uh, again.
1: It's always really nice to hear
2: your voice. <laughs> uh, where, I, I, as you know, I think you, you've heard the show. I ask people where they are. I know, I, I believe you are in Toronto today, correct?
1: That's true. Yes, I'm at the studio today.
2: Now, what studio is this exactly?
1: So, I moved into a new studio in March, adjacent to Sonology, which is Jeff McMurrick's. Place. Mm-hmm. It, when I say adjacent, I mean actually across the hall. So in the same building, but across the hall.
2: Jeff has and, been, uh, for those listening and who may know that Jeff has been on the show, he uh, is one of the uh, co owners of the E Day Fix label and he's a noted uh, producer, uh, engineer kind of guy, right? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know he was on
1: the show. I have to listen to that episode now.
2: Yeah, I did a little oh. documentary about E Day oh. Fix uh, when they turned five years old. Oh, okay, cool. So he's on it with um, a bunch of people, actually. Of course, Alex right. Durlak and Simone yeah. Schmidt and a bunch of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: The whole crew. Yeah. So yeah, well, this is, this space is shared um, between myself and Mike O'Neill, who you know.
2: Yes, Mike O'Neill, who's uh, been yeah. on the show as well and a member of Tons, and uh, yeah. and I just saw Tons play a couple of shows over the week uh, as we're speaking, yeah. I guess, over the weekend. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's a cute little space that we have that we share and um it's quite quiet right now actually which is good which is nice
2: so do you 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 have a schedule you share i don't know how often mike's in there you're in there quite a bit these days i assume
1: yeah we do yeah we have a shared thing a shared a a percentage thing
2: a percentage thing (laughs) Is, is, is he in there a lot these days
1: uh he's in here he's in here a little less than I am these days.
2: He's he's doing some other
1: things and you know he doesn't maintain a a, a constant like a a regular practice, I guess, of yeah. studio work in right. the same way. Uh but he is in here yeah, he's in here he's working on his new album. Oh, great. That's awesome. So,
2: yeah. Yeah, and so you I mean beyond your own work, you produce other people, would you bring them there?
1: I would bring them here. Yeah. If they wanted to come here or, uh, we might do things in other studios, but typically, I mean, I've, I've, I've only been in here since March. So I've actually only worked with two, um, two or three, is it two or three? I think it's two other, other, uh, artists in here, like recording and, and producing and stuff. And so far so good.
2: Okay, that's great. Yeah. And 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 you've been hard at work at various things. You were just—I feel like you—you you and I just spoke uh, about Offworld within the year. It feels like I think it wasn't that long ago, was it?
1: I think so. I think it was. I remember a s- spring kind of weather. Yes. yes. Uh. So yeah, it was probably April or May of last year.
2: Yes, and you hinted yeah. at the fact that you might have uh, a solo record coming out soon, and and here we are. It's called a, uh-huh. in, "In Another Life," and. Uh, it's among your most fascinating and, and uh, satisfying records, if I might say. You may, Anna. <laughs> and, uh, and
1: and I, I appreciate it, and it's, I'm very very um, thankful uh, and honored always to be on your show. Oh, thanks! I, I appreciate you asking. Well, yeah.
2: I, I I don't this. We're getting into the territory as we talk about this record. Uh, we're getting into this territory that I'm I'm sometimes reluctant to uh, invoke, which is uh, because some people bristle when, when I say, uh, it seems to me that you may have made a conceptual record, conceptual album, a concept album of some kind, but there does seem to be some sort of concept here on some level. Would you agree with that?
1: <laughs> um, ah, <laughs> here we are. We're in the thick of it now. Ah, uh, let the bristling begin. <laughs> uh, uh yeah, I th- I think so. I mean, I it it's probably. I mean, that could be a, a somewhat of a self-serving. I think so, because I think to say that something is a concept album uh, immediately gives it a certain kind of weight, and and dresses it up in a way, and maybe suggests a certain. You know a, a certain perspective to take while listening to it, as opposed to, you know, what would be called a not a regular album, I guess, or a not you know something that's non-concept driven. And I mean, ultimately, I think that if it's if something's a concept album or not is sort of up to the listener.
2: That's true. Sure. Um,
1: yeah. and I it's great to hear that you that you pick up that vibe from it or you know you get that sense and i would i would probably agree yeah so there's a long long winded way of saying i would agree
2: well but. i think when people uh, latch on to this notion that something might be a, a concept record whether that's conveyed by the creator or whether that's just something that the listener picks up upon uh, mm-hmm. I feel like they're they're just basically suggesting it feels like the separate pieces are are connected or interconnected in some way, yeah. So that's that's where I'm coming from. For those who mm-hmm. haven't checked it out yet, um, and please, like, I'm going to do. Why well, why don't I ask you to actually describe it? Because all I was mm-hmm. going to describe were the two sides of the record and 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 sort of how they work. So uh, mm-hmm. I, I'd rather you do it rather than me perform some clumsy clumsy attempt at it. Could do you mind talking about Side A and Side B of this album, and, and sort of how how they're connected.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'll try. Let me let me see what I can do. As you as you know, Vish, this is very is always very challenging for me to uh, put, you know, what has been put forth in my attempts at making music, and then trying to translate that into. Into language, sure, um, sure, is sure. is always challenging for me. But I'll give it a shot.
2: You're not, by the way. I mean, I talk to people <laughs> in your vocation all the time. You are not alone. I, I, I do. It is a struggle I have too when I when I ask yeah. someone about their work because I have this nagging suspicion that their work is enough, and that that anything beyond, uh, you know, elaborating beyond the song and what they've expressed is a selfish pursuit um, on my part and maybe other people's part. I feel almost. You know, it's like nosiness or maybe I'm being prurient or something. But but, but my point, I guess, just so I, I, I have some questions about the songs specifically, but mm-hmm. I, I just if this helps you, I thought maybe just describing how the two sides are constructed, uh, just to follow our thread of whether or not it may or may not be a concept record or whatever. You know, I don't know if that helps. Uh, just basic, just like... Here's what's on side A, and here's how side B works. That's it. That's all I meant. Uh, does, that, does that help? I don't want you to feel like you're mired and like, oh, now i got to explain everything that happens. But I, mean, I have some questions about those things, too. But I just thought an, yeah. an easy way of introducing people to this notion that we might be on a, upon a, a concept of some kind. That's all. That's all I meant. Yeah no no,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to make it easy for you. I'm just trying to make. Yeah.
2: I, I know you're self conscious about your ex, uh, explanations of things, but I I always yeah, find yeah. Uh, them fascinating, and I learn things for sure. So that's the other side of this. Please don't feel self conscious. You're, uh, I, I feel like your descriptions are appropriate and 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 interesting in their own way, insightful in their own way. Cool. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Okay, Side A is one long song. It's called called In Another Life. Um, It's where the title of the album comes from. And it is... Okay, what's notable about this song for me is that I guess 95% or 90 to 95% was written in one sitting, uh, which is, for me, very unusual. A lot of songwriters probably... Work that way, mm-hmm. but for me, usually it takes—it can take days, weeks, months, years, sometimes to finish a song, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's on. Un- it's also unusual that a, t- a song of that length, you know, would have been done in one sitting. And I hope that this doesn't come off as me boasting because it was it was really more of just, you know, this you hear people talk about something kind of taking over and that they feel like they're just a conduit for Something else, you know, like, you know, I I was doing it, but I I really was kind of watching myself do it in a a strange way, observing myself just, you know, writing out, you know, many, many verses, which I, like I said, which I never do. So that was unusual for me and exciting Hmm. and got me thinking about the possibility of an extended song form, like something that would go on, possibly longer than what most people might think is sensible. In, and I wa-
2: infinite songwriting I believe is
1: Well, yeah, so that's I mean that's a thing that, you know, after you finish something and then someone asks you, okay, what do you, you know, what is this thing? You know, what do you call it? Then then the mind has to kind of find a way to justify what's been done. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what that that term infinite songwriting is, you know, not to belittle it, but it is it is an after the fact um observation or justification but the idea was to see what would happen in a in a piece of music like that 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 you know just went on and on and on and didn't necessarily have its goal as its goal to have a sense of forward motion mm. in this mm. in this case it was more of a sense of outwardly expanding motion or sideways what i think of as sideways motion and, you know, it was just, it's just kind of a little, a little waft of an idea, I would say, but it was enough to push me forward and to, and to pursue this song, you know? Yeah. And so that's side A. So that's the one, one long song. Side B. But before, is, we, sorry, oh, before we yeah. get to
2: side B, can I just follow mm. up on a couple of things you said there?
1: Oh yeah, for sure.
2: Well, I'm just curious about this notion of progress e- uh, being uh, only. Uh, I mean, we. I guess it's just the way we are built. We we think that progress means forward motion. And mm-hmm. I was intrigued, I'm intrigued by this notion of yours that progress can be sideways. Yeah. Or, or move sideways, but not that doesn't necessarily mean it's moving forward. Can I just that distinction between uh. forward and sideways and progress or or movement, uh, I just yeah. find it curious. Like, what, what to you is the distinction between sideways and forward exactly? Uh,
1: I think that one has to do for forward to me conjures up this feeling of progress, improvement, strength, ah. develop development, resolution, um, possibly resolution, hmm. um, and then also uh, accumulation. Hmm. You know the, these kinds of things which. For me, uh, you know, they're they're fine ideas in in themselves, but I think they tend to potentially put a, put pressure on on the mind to think of things as everything should always get bigger, like you know? a, in
2: terms of a, a dynamic structure. Things go up and down, like whatever, loud, quiet. These kinds of things are, are what we expect often. This is more of a constant. Uh, Sound uh, like the song is long, the the chord structure is r- repetitive for lack of a mm-hmm. better term. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, the lyrics are are sort of meditative. Uh, they hint upon some sense of escapism, I think, but uh-huh. at the same time, uh, there's just this feeling of uh, I don't know consistency, I guess.
1: Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, to to touch on that, I I think that. Maybe a really, really simple way, and you know, this probably lacks a lot of nuance. But a simple way to to explain how I think of the difference between forward and sideways would be work versus play. Ah, work tends to have tends to be goal oriented, and and play tends to be more about exploration. Hmm. Uh, and that that was really uh, while I was working on it, I was. I think you know consciously or subconsciously i was i was trying to invoke more the sense of play as opposed to work and and you know less about reaching a goal and reaching a resolution and more about exploring that sense of play and possibility and and you know what happens to the mind when it's in that state which which to me is a more possibly a more fruitful state of mind Strangely enough. I mean, you know, it, it's, it may not be about achieving things, but actually a lot is achieved in that state. I see. You know.
2: Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, that explains it. I mean, do you want to say anything about what's going on from your perspective anyway, in terms of the lyrical lyrical motifs, I suppose, and this notion uh-huh. of, of it's there's a daydreamy aspect to it. Yeah, which is I, I suppose captured in this notion of in another life. I I hinted yeah. at escapism as well, and and it's it's a synthesized kind of song. I, I'm just curious. It it does have yeah. an uh, otherworldliness to it, and uh, and and that's conveyed both in uh, like I say the title, the music. Uh, I'm just curious if if anything yeah. about the lyrics is is something that you want to kind of talk about in terms of your headspace. I mean, you say you you kind of wrote. In a way that you've never written before, ninety-five percent of it came yeah. came to you. Do you have a sense of where this stuff came from in terms of your mindset at the time? Um, yeah, it was
1: probably a way of building an an alternate or an, a, a place to escape to, you know, and you know, building some sort of space to throw a bunch of ideas against the wall. And mm-hmm. see if they stick, mm-hmm. you know, or actually not even just not even to to see if they stick, like with with you know with no with no real like there's no real it's not a rigorous kind of critique of anything. It's not a way of offering you know solutions or a, a place to escape that supposedly has has you know figured everything out or has. Has offered solutions. Hmm. It's more, it's, it is more a meditative lyric for me. And the form sort of dictated what the content one is, was as well. Like there's, you know, it's three, it's, I'm not sure what the technical term for that is in poetry, but the three lines and then the fourth line being the same every time. And so it very neatly suggested. Uh, what the content could be you know there's there's here's a possibility here's a possibility here's a possibility and this is where the possibility you know can be found that that's the essence of the form of the song right and you know whether whether or not it's a critique i mean it could be read as a critique of whatever my current environment might have been at the time or how i perceived it and that can extend to you know what other people are experiencing i think that for me making music in general often acts as a counterbalance to other forces that i'm that i'm feeling hmm. uh, you know a, 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 around me or you know and that is reflected in the lyric and also in the music how i how i'm inclined to construct music is that i'm looking for a counterbalance to You know, to whether it's my own anxiety or what I'm perceiving to be happening in the world around me, you Mm -hmm. know, Uh, and I and that's probably why I mean, I'm not somebody who meditates. I don't have a meditation practice, yeah. but I certainly see the benefits and I appreciate it. And for me, music is basically the same thing. You know, uh, making music is the same thing as that. So,
2: I see. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't,
1: I don't know if that that uh, touches on what you're what you're asking, but
2: no, it does. And I, and yeah. I feel like you've, I mean, the mood of the song. You, I feel like your response uh, captures that 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 mood, that tone, um, uh. that kind of searching tone. Uh, that uh-huh. it's a, it's a responsive. Tone to something uh -hmm. in the world and uh i'm i think we might get into more of the universal universalism i suppose Uh of the the record as we we begin to talk about the second side as well and so i i i defer to you now do you want to Uh similarly explain the structure of the second side of, of this record in another life
1: yeah okay so the second side is called everybody's paris so it started out as a song that um the the, 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 the sorry that the the structure of the whole second side is that it's one song but it's kind of got three movements three separate movements and essentially the three movements are the exact same structure but with a completely different instrumentation Different singers and different lyrics. Yeah. Even and even though the lyrics kind of they follow a pretty strict form. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the the first section, I sing. uh, I wrote the lyrics and I sing. The second section, Andre Ettier wrote the lyrics and he sings. Mm -hmm. And the third is Dan Behar. He wrote the lyrics and he sings. Right. And so okay. So several years ago, I wrote the you know the first section and it was um kind of just almost a bit of a throwaway song like it was something that also came very very quickly and had a bit of a almost a nursery rhyme kind of feeling Mm -hmm, to it mm -hmm. and that was novel for me because that sort of thing hasn't typically come very easily to me Mm. and I just sort of let it sit for a while, but it was always kind of ringing in the back of my head. I would sort of play with the lyrics quite a bit. And even it was a bit of a running joke, you know, maybe in my own head or, uh, you know, sometimes I, I think I told Andre about it many years ago and we would even, you know, there was even a bit of a gag, you know, occasionally we would kind of make up, you know, lyrics for the song and, and you know just for a chuckle yeah and then one day it dawned on me that you know there is a reason that this thing keeps popping up in in my head even though i wasn't taking it seriously Mm -hmm. you know i i was like well you know i should listen to this voice that like this is you know this keeps popping up and i thought wouldn't it be nice to because it's the kind of song that you could just plug anything in, really. It's you know, it's the structure is very simple. Everybody's blank, everybody's blank, everybody's yeah. blank, everybody's blank, da 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 da. And then there's a there's a refrain where, you know, it could be seen as a uh, as a count again a counterbalance to the to the verse, or it could be seen as a way of explaining what just happened in the verse, or it could be a tangential thing, you know. So it's a very simple concept but uh, very o- almost infinite as well and it and it you yeah. know that's how that's how it plugs into this record is that it's a potentially infinite concept because i could ask really any songwriter or any lyric writer to uh take a stab at it and so that was for me very exciting because it was first of all it was something that i hadn't hadn't really heard before or i hadn't really experienced that kind of concept in songwriting before Hmm. other other than in rap music actually in hip-hop like that's what happens when you know when there's three or four MCs on on a song and they each take a verse and each verse is kind of related to the theme but they're completely giving their own perspective right
2: that's fascinating you know yeah
1: yeah and and I mean I, I couldn't really think of any scenarios in song you know quote unquote song writing uh where that happens usually it's just the 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 only thing i could think of was the duet you know the kind of the romantic duet where it's you know two partners you you know singing back and forth to one another and this was not that this was more like an endless expansion on this theme and the theme was vague enough that i thought you know, it would give lots of room for Dan and Andre to, to just kind of go with it and interpret what the line, you know, what the line, everybody's Paris, what that actually means to them. Yeah. And, and use that as a jumping off point And, and they did. So it's marvelous. I mean, for me, for me, they're, they're both amazing. They're both incredible songwriters. And, uh i was just thrilled that they both agreed to do it and that they delivered the way that they did
2: yeah no so, they're they're all remarkable in their own way and i feel uh, like for those two songwriters in terms of my familiarity with their work it it feels like that captures their particular um approach and tone to their own yeah, work um yeah. and i can get into that in a moment but i feel like we should I mean we talked about in we've talked about infinite songwriting we've talked about infinity I suppose I mean uh-huh. this notion that you know we're all kind of tied to the same timeline um whatever that might be wherever we are we're we're connected by this timeline that we're all together on whatever's happening in the world uh we're yeah. experiencing it all together um yeah. but there's a couple of things I want to ask about. First of all, this notion of everybody. Um, uh-huh. Everybody, everywhere. <laughs> these things come up, and it's, 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 a, it's a it's a pretty f- humorous generalization uh, to say that everybody's <laughs> doing anything. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and the way these songs unfold, the way each of the writers on, on these three songs uh, have tried to capture that notion that everybody is experiencing <laughs> something um <laughs> is humorous to me and and clever yeah. to me, but I actually want to begin with this um w- with Paris, this yeah. notion that Paris is the this city um mm-hmm. that has been romanticized uh and um and and is you know around the world I think everyone has the kind of whether they've been there or not they just have kind of a perspective on Paris what they think it is what it might be what it stands for. Uh, yeah, and and that can be a myriad of things. I want to begin with that, since I believe this "everybody's Paris" concept is is your own. Um, yeah, what does that mean to you? What does the city mean to you? What is what does it stand for to you? And, and how does it work in terms of this notion that everybody's Paris?
1: Yeah, I I mean, Vish, you're 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 nailing it. Um, <laughs> you're, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I didn't I realize. Feel, I, is this a test?
2: Am I doing well? You're, you're doing well. It's, it's
1: incredible. I mean, I feel like you could explain the record probably better than I could. You know, well, um, I wouldn't go
2: that far, but I appreciate that. No, I, um, I, I think uh, there's something to this that it must speak to you as a place, as a, as an idea. Um, it must, and this notion that we're all connected to this place an idea whatever our concept of it might be i don't know there's something going on there i'm just yeah i'm just firing stuff out here you tell me i don't know i just am curious why it stood out for you that's all
1: yeah well no i mean like i said you're nailing it and <laughs> <laughs> uh paris you know paris is in a way the ultimate fantasy city you know, it—at least in my experience growing up—you know, in 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 this time period, in you know the twenty twentieth and twenty first century, uh, growing up in North America, Paris represents a kind of fantasy city in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. I mean, you could say that you know other cities do as well, but Paris has a specific kind of flavor to it, or it gives off a certain scent. Yeah. Just the just the word, and that alone was enough richness for me to, to feel like that's an idea to pursue, you know, because it was, it was open, open enough, but was emitting a very strong, uh, again, a scent, you know, and that was the first line that that came when I wrote the song and you know, I, I had no idea again where it came from. It was just, it sounded good. It felt good. And uh, you know, it was only later that I started to, to see that there was a lot of potential in that line. As for my personal feelings about Paris, I mean, I, I, I don't actually have any particularly noteworthy insights into the city. I did spend, I was very lucky in that I got to spend about three weeks there, uh, I think in 2013, working on a record, producing a a Parisian band. And uh, I I mean, it was a beautiful experience for me. They were absolute sweethearts. And I got to live in Paris for three weeks, you know, and, and, and get to feel you know like a, a, it was like a fantasy like getting to feel like a parisian or something even though obviously i i was the furthest thing from a parisian but i would go and i would you know have my little pain au chocolat every morning and <laughs> you know walk, walk the streets and think that i looked better than i probably did or you know whatever like all all of these things they're they're all they're all connected to fantasy and and
0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs and the easy way to raise financially smart kids get started with greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com/acast
1: and a lot of what people consume is connected to to fantasy to to chasing some sort of fantasy chasing some sort of ideal and the and then connected to that the idea of saying everybody's this or everybody's something that as well is a kind of a fantasy that a lot of us a lot you know a lot of people can be tempted to pursue you know to to try to nail down a perspective and to say that you know this is the truth about this thing yeah. it's, it's similar to saying everybody's this you know everybody's doing this and it and it is a seductive fantasy that i think is worth kind of Prying open and having some fun with, and maybe even poking some fun at. Like I'm, re- I'm really glad that you said that you picked up the humor in the song because for me it is a funny song and it's kind of absurd, kind of ridiculous. And you know, even though I could, I I could never even hope to approach the kind of writing that someone like Randy Newman does. Yeah, the whole concept of the untrustworthy narrator to me that's a fascinating way of writing and and this was maybe just you know an attempt at scratching the surface of that of that sort of approach right um, right and and again it fits with the concept of potentially having anybody write their version of this song and it's interesting to see what comes out you know for for each individual Um, What kind of perspective comes out? And I think it was it was almost a therapeutic uh, process to go through that and to see what, you know, I came up with when given the task of of uh, trying to generalize about. Life experience.
0: Yeah,
2: I mean, we are living in a time where such generalization has sort of been weaponized, uh, Uh that everybody is one way, or everybody from a certain group might be one way. So, I viewed it as a, I viewed it with as some kind of humorous or almost borderline sarcastic uh, sentiment. Although I do feel like, from what you're, what I'm gathering, this notion that everybody's Paris Uh has an aspirational quality in terms yep. of what you're, in terms of how you view the city, in terms of how we tend to romanticize the city. If you're feeling down yep. and low, just remember we're all Paris in our own way. We all look better than we probably think we do, or actually do. we all, you mm-hmm. know, there's this kind of ego within it as well. For um, sure. Yeah. For sure. I just find that fascinating yeah. myself. And um, And then as we break down the different iterations of it, uh-huh. I feel like you are, as I say, I feel like the three songwriters' uh, voices um, in terms of their writing voices really comes through. And I feel like you have, there's a sardonic kind of sardonic quality to you. Like there's a line in yours, everybody's uh. nightmares are getting in the way. <laughs> yeah. And I yeah. that's funny. That's inherently funny, but it's also <laughs> a little dark. It's also a yeah. little disturbing. Uh, wh- yeah. What was going on and then I might as well do this. Like Andre, I feel like he hits upon, like when I think of words and and, and images that he conjures, it's like gardens and gates and mm-hmm. dishes and drug pushers and chairs and lovers and dreams and sunlight, sort of elemental things, things mm-hmm. that we, we encounter every day. Whereas Dan, Behar, typical Dan, there's a little bit of, Contrariness there, one of his first lines is not everybody's Paris actually <laughs> so I found that funny like I yeah. like it's a, they're all kind of humorous in their own way, so I guess yeah. this is my own long winded way of asking if you have a, a sense or an assessment of where uh, yourself and, and and these two guys were coming from, and what's your view on uh, what's your perspective on what they're saying and doing with this concept of everybody's Paris.
1: I mean, again, you're just nailing it, Vish. Yeah, I Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm the best. I think we. Yeah, can, I, Everybody's Paris. How <laughs> about Vish? Yeah. Vish
2: is Paris. Everybody's. Yeah. You know, whatever. I, yeah. No.
1: I'm I hope. Kidding. I yeah. No. I hope you'll <laughs> you'll you'll write your own version. I of, of <laughs> should. Or maybe I should. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I. I mean, as as far as positioning, you know, I'm. I. I'd be hesitant to. As seductive as it is, I'd be hesitant to to say that you know well you know uh Dan's the dan's the the jester, or andre's the you know yeah <laughs> andre's step. the romantic maybe well, i, I andre's so. the romantic and yeah. and you know i it's not for me to say what I am in that in that triage is that a triage no
2: uh well that sounds more like there's a there's a problem that needs people are are in danger or something and they need help medical help Yeah, yeah 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 sorry (laughs) sorry
1: it's it's trifecta yes that's that's right i believe that's what we
2: were looking for yes yes yeah no Um, i I, there's something going on i feel like dan is you know dan's invoking people being torn to pieces and cut to shreds and yeah. and haunted houses and things like that. Whereas yeah. and, Andre's is, you know, lovers walking down the street not fulfilling yeah. expectations and there's yeah. I feel like Andre takes me to Paris. Uh I'm I feel like I'm walking down I've never been, actually to be yeah. honest. I've never been to oh, Paris. I, I've yeah. somehow have never been. We we need to go at some point. But um Yeah, you should. Yeah. But I, I yeah. Th- that's all. I, I feel like their characters but at the same time I'm not it's not schmaltzy. I feel like Andre has his own sort of um, undercurrent of darkness, even when he 's seemingly talking about something sunny and, and, and light um, for sure yeah for sure. so no I yeah. don't mean to put you on the spot I guess I oh no no if anything, I thought maybe it would be an opportunity to for you to be a bit effusive about what these uh, what these people have done with the initial concept the, the initial idea mm-hmm. and taken it in their own direction that's all mm-hmm. I mean I, I think
1: that they really each of their individual characteristics really get a chance to to come out and uh, shine as cheesy as that sounds you know they they both have such strong characters as as right as people for sure but and and as writers as an extension and as singers too they both have really unique voices and you know the way they approached it was was really just you know I asked the two of them because they have such distinct styles and because they're so different from each other and from myself as well. Yeah, I, I I did feel like there would be a a lot of contrast and that was really what I was looking for, mm-hmm. what I was hoping for. And you know, like you said, there's there's sweetness, there's darkness, there's there's humor running throughout I think all three versions and the challenge for me was really just to provide each of them with a room that they would feel comfortable in you know a a musical room so to speak and that that would kind of uh, help to keep them buoyant help to keep them afloat and to give them something to to just be themselves and to hang their hang their lyrics off of and they both you know expressed to me that they were You know, felt really comfortable with the music and that it felt good to sing over it. And, um, you know, that was really that was really my only goal. Everything else I knew, I just sort of knew that they would they would do well with it. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I couldn't be happier. Like they're, you know, I admire them both so much as, as musicians and writers, and and uh, you know, I look up to both of them. You know, they're they're both uh, influences on on me as a writer. So, yeah, I, I mean, there there <laughs> there are lines in in both of their 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 versions which make me laugh. Um, yeah. I'm kind of blanking now. Actually, was, <laughs> no, no, that's fine.
2: I, I recited a, a few fragments yeah. myself. I think, to be fair, I think uh, I, the best thing for anyone uh, to do is to to listen to this record and listen to these songs and and pick these these sort of um, gems out for themselves. I, I didn't. Yeah. Need to, that's why I kind of. I uh, thought maybe just fragments of lyrics and and ideas might be worth mm-hmm. mentioning. You mentioned mm-hmm. putting that they were comfortable in the in the sort of musical rooms that mm-hmm. you you put them in, mm-hmm. and earlier you invoked hip hop in terms of this second side of this record in terms of the mm-hmm. fact that I mean I I will I was going to say and I don't want to get into any kind of uh, argumentative state here, but I do think that. In the history of music, all music, um, all genres, um, you know, there there is obviously a, a legacy of uh, adaptation, uh, of, mm-hmm. of reinterpretation, of of adding things um, that has occurred before. But this is unusual. Uh, I will also say for someone uh, maybe in your uh, realm to, to mm-hmm. think. so it's an innovative idea, and that's it's a cool idea. Uh, but you did invoke hip hop and this notion that they're each sort of doing a. It's almost like they're each doing a verse on the on the same song. And I I know mm-hmm. you're a I believe you're a fan of hip hop. In fact, when I first heard everybody's <laughs> Paris, I couldn't help but think of Watch the Throne. And, Whoa! And oh my
1: God! That's I can I can go to sleep now for the rest of the day. <laughs> That's
2: just uh... <laughs> uh, Kanye West and Jay Z have this song yeah. called N Words in Paris, and uh, yeah. I I believe you and I were both at. I went to two watch the throne shows yeah, in Toronto. Yeah. Did you go to one? Did you go to both? Did you go to any? <laughs> I can't remember. I know you've seen Kanye. West. You've seen Kanye West, right? Yeah, I have. Yeah. yeah. Did you go to any yeah. of the watch the throne shows?
1: I I was at I was at one of them. How many were there? Were there like seven or eight or no? Something? There were well in no. Toronto there were two.
2: Um, okay, and two. like okay. they they would yeah. do these sort of residencies in in every city, and one of the hallmarks yeah. of of those concerts where they would do uh, this song, N-Words, yeah. in Paris, and then yeah. they would, Jay-Z would yell again, and they would do it, <laughs> yeah. I think the first night, they did it nine times in a row, back to back, yeah. and then the second time was like 12 times. I can't remember exactly. Right, I right. Probably made yeah. note of it somewhere. So anyway, yeah. I, I feel like that when I talk about Paris as this aspirational place, uh, I, yeah. I've, I have this association with that city because of that song now, and now you've got to yeah. think. All this to say, all I was trying to get at here is the production, uh, the musical production, Mm -hmm. and whether you thought hip-hop has influenced you in your own minimal music. Uh, Hip-hop has evolved to the point where it's not even—sometimes there's barely beats on a hip-hop song these days. It's it's very uh, much a pulsing— moodier music yeah. than I think it's ever been and on yeah. some level there are a few, I don't did you employ autotune on this record? I can't remember <laughs> I hear a little synthesized uh, flourishes that remind me of things from some of my favorite uh, contemporary hip-hop records and I know he's a pariah now um, yeah. <laughs> but you know when I think of my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy by Kanye West yeah. which I still uh, despite everything he's said and done I, I still yeah. uh, have a there's something in my heart where that record there's my the, the record kind of lives in my heart is one of the finest hip hop masterpiece types of records i ever i've ever encountered and i i hear and i obviously there's even um credibility issues now about what he did and didn't do himself uh, that's mm-hmm. that's all the rage you know discounting um yeah whether or not he is even responsible for some of his finest work um all right. this to say though i i hear hip hop's influence on this side of the record per se, and perhaps even uh-huh. the first side, is it something that you can see in your work? Like, do you see its influence as a fan? Uh, I think so.
1: Yeah. Without, without trying to piggyback myself onto, onto hip hop, you know, in a, in a way to legitimize. Uh, <laughs> I understand what what, what I'm doing. But yeah. yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm definitely influenced by hip hop, you know, musically, and yeah i mean mr west uh <laughs> i mean he he's a yeah he's he's a phenomenal producer in in my opinion and a, and an alchemist i mean it just yeah. you know has a very special talent for synthesizing different ideas and yeah, I mean, I was I, I I really loved that record. I watched the throne. I I loved it even more. I think yeah, because yeah. because of the contrast between the two of them and the way that they sort of uh, I found that they sort of each brought out a more tender side of each other hmm. than I'd ever than I'd ever heard in either of them in either of their solo works. Hmm. Like yeah. with a with a solo work, you know, you can tend to unfortunately devolve too too deep down the narcissistic well you know and the nice thing about watch the throne is that there is that but they also bring out really really quite nice qualities in each other's personalities even if it's you know very very subtle or you have to really dig to find it i do i do hear it and i feel it there yeah and i mean for me the the most remarkable part of that record and also of that concert was when when they they sang that song they did that song about their their future yeah. children yeah I mean it was just it's just so it was just so beautiful and and kind of hilarious because there's so much hypocrisy in a way in you know in, absolutely yeah, you know, but there there is a real attempt at tenderness there yeah and yeah emotion and actual emotion
2: not just actual, aggression
1: yeah, 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 i mean aggression is an is an emotion as well uh, Yes, I mean, it's a, yeah. right it's it's percent yeah, valid and 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 in you know in hip hop it's a it's it's a appropriate and understandable and you know and um but you know you just don't see that that attempt at you know again to use a word that's being thrown around so much and and almost losing its meaning vulnerability Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. you just don't really see that that attempt that level of attempt um in hip-hop or at least i i hadn't seen it before and um Anyways, it's kind of going too far off the mark, but yeah, the production absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, in, I'm influenced and inspired by um, people doing remarkable things with very few elements.
2: Yeah, that seems to be a, a greater trend now. There's, the, yeah. there's a, more of a. We seem to have gone past a, an orchestral, uh, multi layered, soundscape sort of thing that we were inundated with for a while just the idea of maximizing uh, yeah. sound and, and it seems to be coming back down to earth a little bit in terms of uh, more minimal sounds and I've, obviously I, I would say your record is uh, a nice exemplification of that as well um, where, yeah
1: that's yeah. Yeah. That's great. I mean, I think that it's a response to to, to uh, overload, right? To yeah. Being, Information to being... overload. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah absolutely.
2: Are you? So, uh, some of us are remain somewhat artistically intrigued by Mr. West. Some of us are <laughs> are, are, are very heartbroken by his um, celebrity uh, well, since he's become more of a celebrity than. Uh, an artist, so to speak. I mean, yeah. uh, do you have thoughts on that? Has this been difficult for you to to see him <laughs> change, so to speak? Or has he always been this way? Like maybe we were just... I, I came to the conclusion that perhaps I had just been blind, blinded yeah. by the art and, and uh, didn't see the misogyny, didn't see the... The narcissism as uh, mm. I mean, I saw the misogyny as problematic, but i it didn't dissuade me the way it should have, and I sort of am regretful of it now, but anyway, that's just me um what do you uh what do you think
1: <laughs> uh I, I, my, my first instinct is really to say no comment. Okay. That's fair. I, I think because it's a can of worms, but I, I mean, absolutely. The misogyny and the narcissism has always been there, I think from the very beginning and, uh, you know, as it, as it is with, with, you know, a lot of people. And uh, I, I mean, it's always a conflicting, a, a conflicted sort of feeling listening to to his music you know yeah that's where i'm at too um,
2: yeah
1: yeah and it always has been and and i mean that tension is part of what makes it kind of fascinating as well because mm-hmm. it's not just one thing actually it's several things and and you and he really lays out his inner conflict it's really laid out it's really on the table yeah it's in, in you yeah. know in in his in his writing and in the music itself as well there's a lot of tension in in the music and that's i mean that's kind of i think what you know, people are drawn to music in the same way that they're drawn to storytelling. You know, when a story has a lot of conflict in it and tension, we tend to be, you know, we tend to get hooked. Right. And, um, I mean, that's to, to, to expect that, um, a musician is, you know, somebody who you can model your behavior after, you know, is, I think is, I think it's unreasonable and it's, and, yeah, and and, but I mean, yeah, yeah, it's disappointing to to see to see all of this stuff. But at the same time, it's not not surprising. Yeah, and,
2: that's fair. And yeah. Yeah. You know. Okay. Well, but, uh, that, that was a good yeah. no comment. By the way, you. <laughs> <as a laughs> okay. No, was a reasoned uh, no comment. I I do appreciate. Okay. that. I didn't mean to go yeah. on too far a tangent, but I I yeah. heard I heard things on the record that that made me um, think of uh, these things. I suppose uh-huh. so I felt uh-huh. like it was worth worth yeah. mentioning. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, what is sort of next for you? Will you? I know you're a busy person uh, in your studio space there. Is this a record you'll take on the road? Is this, uh, are there plans for other um, are there things that didn't make it onto this release that you recorded and are trying to figure out what to do with? Anything like that?
1: Yeah, the, these two songs were actually recorded in, um, I had a, a, a full month of um, recording that I did last year. And I, I recorded a batch of music that I'd been writing for the last, you know, six or seven years. And these two songs were just a, portion of that of that batch of of stuff that got recorded so there's another there's another two records actually that I'm trying to finish oh wow uh with material that was you know that was that was um recorded then and then there's a third one that's kind of like just just started uh but it's also it's all stuff that has been written kind of you know in a continuous stream over the last six or seven years so I'm just kind of working on that trying to get that done. As you know, I'm not much of a road dog, no. really. No. Um but I'm going to do some shows. Yeah, the the band and I we're going to sort of do the, you know, the local spots, you know, the okay. The, the 401 tour. <laughs> okay, uh-huh. great. That's awesome. And then, you know, that's probably it. I, there was going to be a tour overseas in September, but I canceled it back in the spring because I had a feeling that I wasn't going to be able to make it happen. And mm-hmm. it turned out to be true because this summer was re- really, really a lot of upheaval and a lot of difficult stuff happened this summer. Oh, I'm sorry and to so hear I, that. So, yeah, it it wouldn't have been able to happen anyways. So. Okay.
2: Well, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, where Thanks. can uh, I'm uh, where do where should we send people to go on the computers mm-hmm. uh, to mm-hmm. learn, learn more about you and your record? I I presume records dot com constellation site is one place. Is there anywhere else you'd like yeah. to send people?
1: That's probably the best place because there is the there is the write up about the record. You know, um, on my webs my <laughs> my website is a. Uh, uh there's general information there. There's a lot of historical information um but there's actually not much about this record at all. Okay. I, I, there there's really no information. So if if someone wants to read about the record, you know, before they listen to it, um the constellation site is is really the only place um but you know, I I encourage anybody who's interested to um to just check it out. It's coming out September fourteenth. Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I would be ecstatic if if uh, people listen to it.
2: All right. Well, I, I hope I hope, yeah. I hope this uh, compels them to do that as well. Um, yeah. And speaking of which, is there a song, uh, a uh-huh. piece from this record that we can play for people right now so that they can get a sense of what we've been speaking about?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's it's a as you you know it's a slow moving record. So maybe if you're just to choose one thing, you could play Andre's version of Everybody's Paris because it's kind of the one that's the most upbeat. Right? <laughs> okay, this <laughs> so, is part
2: part two, right?
1: Part two, yeah, part two.
2: Okay, well, yeah, yeah that I, I feel like you've we've talked about it and you've explained it. I feel like uh, uh, I feel like that's a good way to go. This is Everybody's Paris part two featuring Andre Etje from the new Sandro Perry record In Another Life Uh, Sandra this was uh, another fun conversation for me I I hope it was fulfilling for you thank you so much for your time and best of luck with everything going forward
1: absolutely really fun for me thanks Vish thanks so much
3: everybody's garden everybody's gate everybody's pushers pushing everybody's way everybody's paris everybody's spring everybody feels the same way about a lot of things everybody's putting away the plates washing the glasses seeing their face looking over my shoulder everybody's there step into a doorway, I slip into a chair, I thought as we were walking you would offer me a light, the way a lover somehow does from time to time, but no Files. Everybody circles Everybody bows Everybody's hands are held As long as it's allowed Above the chimney Up above the clouds Everybody's airplane Is looking for the ground Everybody's in Paris Everybody's been seen Everybody's been recognized When they're waking from a dream Like the sunlight in the morning The stars at night Everybody feels just like me And everybody's right offer me a line the way a lover somehow does from time to time gates Everybody's pushers pushing someone else's weight Everybody's Paris Everybody's spring. I slip into a doorway, I slip into a chair, everybody's flowers, love to be received, held up to our noses.
2: Special thanks to my uh, old friend, someone I admire very, very much. I've uh, long followed his music. Sandra Perry. That was Sandra Perry on the 426th episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One podcast network and available on all iOS and Android platforms and also on things like Spotify, YouTube, and Audio Boom as well. If you can't find an episode that you're looking for or if you wish to learn more about me and sign up for my regularly scheduled newsletter, please visit my website, vishkana.com. You can like Creative Control on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Vish Creative, or follow me at Vish Khanna. Also, you can listen to a radio show version of Creative Control on Wednesdays at noon Eastern Standard Time, around the world at CFRU.ca, or on an actual radio at 93.3 FM if you're in or near Guelph. Also, please visit patreon.com slash creativecontrol to make a flexible monthly donation to keep this podcast going. Uh, Thank you to everyone who does that. If you are on the fence about it, please consider making a flexible monthly donation to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash creative control. Thanks again for the in-kind support I received from Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, Planet Bean Coffee, Granddad's Donuts, and Planet of Sound locations in Toronto and Ottawa. Also, thanks to my pal Jim Guthrie for letting me use the instrumental version of his song, The Rest is Yet to Come. Uh, here to end the show each week. You're hearing it now. You're hearing that song now. jimguthrie.org for more info about him. And finally, thanks to you for listening to this show and uh, downloading episodes and subscribing to this podcast on whatever your podcast platform of choice happens to be. That's all I have to say for now. I will talk to you very soon. Bye for now.